you are listening to the art of the matter hosted by arvind vijay mohan ladies and gentlemen welcome to art of the matter the show where we give you an insider's view into all that matters within the indian art world and introduce you to this domain's most interesting personalities on today's episode we speak to a patron who found herself thrust into a role that she had barely any preparation for that of managing an ambitious art program with a wide sweeping vision but thankfully for richa agarwal of imami art legendary mentors from the art fraternity were around at every turn to show her the way she also tells us about the challenges and triumphs encountered along the way while establishing a dream project the kolkata center for creativity please join me in welcoming richa Welcome to the show Richa it's wonderful to have you on as a guest and i'm sure our listeners will be very uh, excited to hear all that you have to share thank you so much Evan it's a pleasure i'd like to begin uh, by asking you about your earliest memories of art richa if you could just walk me through you know your early years and the role that art played if at all during that time so um i'm from coimbatore mm-hmm. my parents are there and i did a lot of most of my education in coimbatore So and a little more in Udi, mm-hmm. um, like uh, a lot of Marwadi girls, we got married a little early. I got married when I was nineteen, right. and um, my introduction to art till then was what we really did in the summer holidays, where every uh, vacation was made useful by sending us to art classes and uh, all the possible crafts that were available, or visit a lot of these cultural sites. or um, you know visit uh, factories to see right. how things are made right so i think um, we utilized our holidays very well apart right. from the beaches in chennai of course <laughs> but uh, that was my primary exposure to art like i don't know if i may say but like most of us uh, at that age and uh, after i got married in uh, my husband's family here in kolkata they were collectors of art in their uh, own organic way like mm-hmm. uh, most of us were oh, imami is a very young company we right. are just about 5 years old mm-hmm. and uh, it was started by my father in law so uh 35 years back really there was no um, possibility of spending money on art because quite obviously there were other things to look after when you yeah. are the person who is starting a company with almost no capital he started imami group with a, a seed capital of 20000 rupees right and uh, definitely no backing of uh, any other financial capability even then though he had this um, very clear mantra in his head where he said ki artist ka kaam hota hai ki he needs to make his art he does not have to want to sell it right uh so he what in his limited means or with his limited means he would buy whatever he could and of course it would create mayhem i hear <laughs> from the other that home that time because it was not disposable income for sure right and um, he made a lot of very close friends at that time and in fact uh, also that was um, of course uh, and then 20 Uh, 10 years back we were making our head office in the city 
Right. Uh, the, for the Imami group of companies, by then we were fairly recently large company. Right. So, uh, yeah, so when we were making the head office and since uh, Agarwalji and Gwinkaji were both very clear about their belief in the whole art and cultural fraternity or what it does to us as individuals, mm-hmm. they wanted to introduce that concept uh, to our generation and our children as well. Right. That's when we really started uh, acquiring art in a very, in a more senior, uh, in a more uh, formatted manner or in a more um, educated, if I may, manner. Right. And, uh, yeah, so al- alongside being based out of uh, this part of the country in Kolkata, yes, uh, we also realized that there was a lot of scope of work that we could do right. to uplift um the whole or support the artists we knew or who were friends mm-hmm. and uh, as a group we always believed and uh, we say it very often also that while the popular nurtures the academia mm-hmm. it's the academia that uplifts the popular and that is basically the whole ethos with which the group has grown or that's how we are uh, designed our products that's the belief we work with. So it was very simple for me to kind of get out of the whole commercial uh, business and get into a more comfort zone, really. Because right. for all of us, art is really about uh, passion, about learning. So, I mean, a very good friends who are collectors mm-hmm. or uh, even artists say, how can you even have this in your house? <laughs> so it's very simple. We're three generations who live together okay. and it's home. It's meant to be. It's okay. It's appealing to someone. Sure. Now that's a very beautiful thought of allowing art to commingle amongst generations, and uh, each one, you know, adapting in some capacity to it, uh, allowing for the needs of the others also to get voice. I think that's a very yeah. beautiful sentiment. I'm interested still at the start of this journey. You know, as as a young uh, girl, really, you get married. You come to a city that is, you know, a cultural hub in so many measures where. Your, your father-in-law already has created a bit of a, a stamp of patronage. You know, the community perhaps already looks upon him as someone who is really showing the light for the future, you know, supporting the arts in a very visible way. Tell me about that early stance. I mean, when does it become clear that you will have to, in some manner, take charge of the art initiative of the first five years? You know, you having to take a dive into the deep end of the pool without really any orientation in it. I'm really embarrassed to say this, uh, but my <laughs> first ever experience into a gallery was when I was sent to make a payment right. because it was uh, a respectable amount of money. And uh, they told me, they said, okay, you know, it's better if you also go at least, you know, verify, get the papers or at least see it. Or maybe he thought it was in his own way of inducting me into <laughs> it. I don't know till today how he got me into it. Right. But I realized, you know, for such a small thing, why am I paying so much? What right. really is, and uh, I think that kind of got me thinking. Mm-hmm. Why does one pay X amount of money for uh, something which is commercially doesn't uh, qualify for the X amount? Sure. So in my mind, probably uh, initially I compared it to shares. Right. Of course, um, uh, I started looking at what we had even in our home. Mm -hmm. and uh, started visiting more galleries. It was a very interesting and intriguing journey. Right. Um, A lot of 
and made a lot of good friends right uh, kind of explained and understood my need to understand what i'm doing right and um, like we all know art is completely absorbing and addictive <laughs> yes so yes i did understand or i'm still trying to uncover my own journey and understand really what it is mm-hmm. and it's an organic growth and um, me getting into what i'm doing today running the kolkata center for creativity that was parallel journey on its mm-hmm. own because that was around probably the same time we were also making our head office and we started buying art my kids were young so it was kind of convenient uh, not to get into the day to day office and do something which is more independent right and uh, soulfully nurturing really sure. because i met some fantastic people and learned a lot of very amazing things and uh, probably that's when you travel you realize what you're missing in your own city right and um, we started uh, in 2007 then mm-hmm. uh, with the gallery with uh, absolutely no experience whatsoever except the drive or the passion to do something good and do something uh, meaningful right um so at one go we started with uh, multiple things we started with a gallery we had an auction house we had a publication center and we had a huge library and uh, amazing program for a year year and a half and then we realized ki it's it's not that simple and it's not that easy it's an ecosystem which works very independent or parallelly with the one which uh, i was exposed to earlier right so and uh, we had uh, an accident in the group because of which i had to close all our public spaces for a year year and a half right and that's when we kind of uh, sat back and uh, reevaluated really what we wanted to do where we wanted to go mm-hmm. so i think uh, that 2011 2012 time was um, when we gave ourselves enough time to understand and think what is our plan except for acquiring or collecting what really is what we want to do right and that period is what really gave uh, birth to kolkata center for creativity tell us a little more about uh, the role that the kcc the kolkata center of creativity plays within the ecosystem at large as i understand it's a fascinating space which which has several things going on could you tell us a little about that richard Sure KCC is actually all about what uh, maybe me as an individual was missing uh, what i wanted uh, people to see or what i wanted my kids to grow up with or right. what really we wanted uh, to nurture ourselves with something really totally off beat but you know this is something which uh, agarwal ji has told us for the longest time right. that uh, one doesn't grow alone you grow as a community right keeping in mind that belief we came mm-hmm. up with the whole idea of rethinking uh, the entire gallery system for ourselves for right. the family right. and that uh, kind of uh, give us kolkata center for creativity right. uh, which we call kcc for the ease of it right. <laughs> and uh, uh, kcc is a not for profit organization right uh, independent programming mm-hmm. uh, it's about a 70000 square feet building right. in uh, kolkata where we have um, the imami art which is a commercial gallery with its right. independent planning we have the kcc learning which has uh, their own programming with uh, they have their residencies their talks seminars and then uh, at the kcc learning it is uh, cross cultural it's not just visual arts 
in right. performing arts as well. In right. fact, we have probably collaborated with more than 40 people in the last, only during the COVID times. Right. And uh, I feel really good to say that uh, probably between Imami Art and KCC, we've had one event every day of the year through the pandemic. Incredible. I mean, it was fascinating because um, when we started the programming, say on April 4th, uh, 2020, mm-hmm. soon after the first lockdown, yes, um, my, my team uh, over here, it's a relatively young team. And all right. of us were kind of, uh, you know, wondering what to do with ourselves and uh, how to use the time in the best possible manner. So what started as a simple learning process for us, mm-hmm. we said, okay, let's just extend it to the community because there are people who visit us regularly. There are people who are seeing our programs regularly. So right. let's just extend it to us. And um, it's it's been a very successful uh, one and a half years and gives a, I think it creates a lot of positive energy to do something yes. beyond your normal routine really. Of course. Then we have the conservation center that right. we call uh, Kolkata Conservation Center. Here we have tied up with the Tata Trust for the, right. for the programming and also for learning. Uh, we are training conservators in different mediums and uh, we do conserve for people who require their works to be looked after. Right. And, and the team is also constantly learning yet again, again with their own parallel programming. Right. And then we have the gallery store, mm-hmm. which is uh, more about home decor and home accessibility. Right. And then we have a restaurant over here called Grace. Right. Because, you know, when you talk about art mm-hmm. or culture, it's everything, right? So it's been Absolutely. rather interesting to be a little more inclusive. We try to be as inclusive as possible to the differently abled as well. Right. So we have a library where we have a separate section for Braille and right. we have people coming in to utilize that area on a regular basis. Right. That's wonderful. So it genuinely is, you know, taking this intent of making art accessible for one and all a reality. And, um, and I'm sure it's, it's, a, it's a very popular destination for those based in the city. And I'm certain, um, you know, with, with the passage of time, people traveling into the city will look forward to visiting the space as well. We've been uh, a little conservative in our approach, really. Mm-hmm. We've not uh, gone all out from day one. We were always looking at growing organically. Mm-hmm. Because that kind of gives you the space and time to course correct. Yes. Quite obviously, we've just been, we're like uh, two and a half years old now. Right. And uh, of the two and a half years, we've had uh, almost one and a half years of lockdown. Absolutely. So it yeah. has ample time to kind of course correct wherever required. And probably the advantage of being a young institution is that you have the liberty to make mistakes and uh, get corrected. And Definitely, I owe it all to most of my well-wishers who are uh, very senior artists, critics, who are all just a call away and uh, feel close enough to the organization or to us to call and tell us that, okay, this just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Rethink or realign. It's it's interesting to also understand the fact that uh, really when you create a public space, Mm-hmm. Uh, a gallery or an institution, it is not your personal space to run the way you sure. wish. Sure. It needs to be inclusive. Absolutely. I mean, it life into the space. Richard, you speak of, um, you know, this council that's available to you or within the community, senior members, artists, critics, thinkers, writers. 
is there any instance uh, that you can think of that you'd like to share with the listeners uh, of an interaction with a senior artist uh, and how it you know helped mold your thought uh, made you rethink something that you were thinking about doing yeah sure i mean the one instance which comes almost immediately to me is uh, i was very excited when the building was on paper it didn't right. look so big <laughs> and when into the building bells once kind the you know when the groundwork was done i, I was in for a big shock right i said what am i done to myself i mean really do you think we can manage this do you think we can do this so i called up joginda you know jogin choudhury jogin is very scared what am i doing and he completely came you know and he took so many pictures he's actually got more pictures of the site in under construction than me today <laughs> and he very sweetly came and he said you don't worry we going to fix it for you and we we'll work around it you know you don't need to be paranoid about this same thing i can say for ravinder ji came for the first time on the site when right. uh, ravinder reddy yes. came first time when the site was still under construction jagdeep also came uh, when she was in calcutta again it was my enthusiastic self who would come and say okay come and see the site Course. she came and we did like a two hour tour of the site and right. she kind of gave me so many ideas and she all of them have always been available both krishnamachari is always available she in fact really went out of the way at one point of time to ensure that kcc was being spoken about or people were at least hearing the name often enough it's it's been um, very humbling the way people have supported really right i think you know the element of the community and the value that uh, people banding together as a fraternity i think that really comes yeah. through in in this endeavor uh, and it's clear that it's a, it's a, it's a show of strength uh, you know where everyone is is collectively proud of what is being uh, initiated and established that's wonderful richard yeah because you know one person cannot do anything yes Yes. It's it's impossible. When I say one person, I mean even as a group, even as a family, it's impossible for us to do anything yes. without the support of people or well-wishers around us. Yes. Uh, we've had uh, some fantastic authors over the years. Basically, people who used to come earlier for our trainings internally with the group. Mm-hmm. All of them have been visiting or coming back with recommendations or ideas or um, you know just their own thoughts, which do help you reshape and rethink yours. extremely valid uh, perspective there uh, richa what i'd um, like to ask you about next is that of finding your own feet you know you you come in under the aegis of uh, of this remarkable umbrella um, but at some point you know realization dawns that you have to do all the heavy lifting yourself obviously you've got the support of everyone around you but uh, do you remember your first independent acquisition or your first maybe your first independent commission which you did entirely by yourself you never forget <laughs> right my first acquisition independently was uh, a himmat shah sculpture right was it so was it a bronze house was it a bronze or was it a terracotta okay uh-huh. right uh-huh. right so i went to himmat house and i had to convince my husband to come with me because it was a big deal right doing your first thing So you know, when I was uh, talking to him at Bhai and trying to even understand, you know, kind of get uh, on the same page, he even called my father-in-law on the side and said, "Are you sure she knows what?" She... <laughs> Is 
doing. So, uh, you know, should I let her go through with her bye or not? Right. So it was quite a hilarious sight, and Himad Bhai had the last laugh because he was right. like, uh, we, were, "We were both very young when we went. I mean, and it was it was fun. That was my first independent acquisition for sure. Before that, of course, the family uh, was doing what they were doing. I think another work for which I fought tooth and nail was an Anish Kapoor. Right. Uh, first to buy right. it, and then where to put it up at home. Right. So, right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we all have our favorites at home, and of course, of course it's exciting. So, Richard, did your uh, did your uh, preferred position to have this uh, Anish Kapoor work installed? Did you prevail on that? Did you win finally against? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. So it's housed well and it's looking good, and you get to see it every day then. All the time. Oh, excellent. That's wonderful, Richard. Now you uh, are. in a very interesting sort of capacity a promoter as well as a collector i'd like to ask you from both perspectives first for someone who's looking at establishing a business uh, you know what are your big learnings what uh, advice would you share with someone who wants to come into this ecosystem as a promoter in any capacity what should they keep in mind i think uh, one needs to do their homework and you can't mm-hmm. go in all blind right you to visit other galleries you need to establish your own relationships with people right uh, so that you really know what you're getting into it uh, while it seems very glamorous and very beautiful on the top you are you're really a duck who really needs to do a lot of waddling way below <laughs> so uh, yeah you really need to work very hard and um, you need to do your homework and nothing comes easy that's for sure right and when you say homework homework would essentially be spreading yourself out interactions uh, i mean what all would you yeah, say constitute that think, uh, probably uh, for me it would uh, today where i am it would be um, to start uh, visiting galleries more often mm-hmm. having uh, clear and candid questions right um, make your notes enough so that you have uh, enough comparison material um, right art is all about passion it is really what drives you and what you believe in mm-hmm. so what a would believe in does not necessarily resonate with b right and uh, both could be correct or both could be incorrect so you need to understand for yourself what you believe in right and uh, you need to be again in my opinion uh, choose your advisors very right. carefully right because it will drive our thoughts and um, in the initial probably couple of years you need strong advice while you're still finding your feet you're getting grounded or you're really understanding which direction you want to take because again um, art is not static it's ever evolving even in your own mind it's right. organic and it's nice to have a background in art but it's um, I think also very important to be open enough to learn organically. Oh, absolutely. With uh, your own experiences and uh, also what others are experiencing. Absolutely, that's that's wonderful. I think I think that really, uh, if if you know, one were to internalize, internalize um, it's something that is of um, huge value. Uh, thank you for sharing that, uh, Richard. There may be several overlaps with what you just shared, but is there anything now as a collector? if there's someone who has no intent of ever you know getting into the the business side of it but just offering patronage you know just coming in collecting work what would you <laughs> like them to keep in mind um 
again, I can only share my own perspective. And again, when I say mine, I talk for the family as well. Um, we need to separate the business from the art. <laughs> you cannot ask that if I invest X amount today, will be will it be extended five ten years later? It doesn't work like that. Yes. You need to understand what you like because a you buy art because you like it. For example, even if you say I am buying this art because I like the name of the artist, fair enough. <laughs> That's okay. Right. But at least believe enough, believe in it enough to buy it. Sure. You have to live with it. You have to look at it. It has to give you food for thought. It has to resonate with you. What your mind is also talking about, probably what's um, happening around you, what's in your mind, or the person you are, probably. So we need to first understand art is not uh, hard cash that you are spending today, which is going yes. to, or it's not, it's not a bank where you right. put in money and you get interest tomorrow. Right. At least resonate with the piece of work. So, Richard, you know, I, I find it fascinating. There's someone who comes with such a strong business DNA. You know, you mentioned that you're from a Marwadi family where business is, is <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, in the blood. Uh, you know, for, for someone with your DNA to say that, I think is something that should prompt a lot of people who approach art purely as a capital investment to just rethink their stepping. I mean, uh, uh, look into your own collection will reveal that over the past 20 years, several works have done exceptionally well as a financial uh, A lot object. could have been a very bad deal because <laughs> 2007 was like the market was at one yes. next level. Yes, absolutely. It never really recovered as I've heard a lot of people saying. Mm-hmm. Or when I even kind of look back at my collection at a lot of other works, which I don't know. But then right. um, I liked them, so I bought them. Sure. And uh, so that said, uh, it's also very important for us to, again, I, I don't know how open uh, it is for us to visit artist studios as collectors right. or uh, buy lots of single works. But uh, I think it's important to read a little bit about the artist because sure. that will give you an insight really to the work, which you're going to look at all the time. Absolutely. So it, it's nice to know or make your own thought about it. It's interesting. So Absolutely. I think one needs to attend, visit galleries, uh, speak to the gallery uh, owners or managers who can talk to you about it. Or And then, of course, the rest is what we say in all our art books, no? how to invest in art, read about it, go through the works, visit gallery. All of it is definitely very, very important. Wonderful advice, uh, Richard. Thank you for that. I'd like to just get your, your thoughts on you know where this path is leading. You know, we live in relatively uncertain times. I, you know, I'm hoping that everything in the world uh, is restored in some capacity to normal order uh, sooner than later. But you know, in the moment that we find ourselves in, where do you see the Imami art program as it stands going? What's the direction that you're taking? We had taken a decision uh, some time back mm-hmm. that we are not cutting back on our programming. Right. Are uh, we just realigning a few events? that can be um, possible to be done over uh, the digital media, mm-hmm. over physical spaces. Right. But uh, definitely we want to continue to do what we are doing if everything permits. And again, I feel that um, art, culture, it's not, it doesn't stop. Nothing stops. Right. You just right. Uh, realign your uh, resources probably. Absolutely, Risha. Um, for those who wish to follow the digital programming that you're referring to or the digital interface, so where can they access this? 
We are there on our website, mm-hmm. the Imami Art at the Kolkata Center for Creativity, the KCC. And then we have our social media handles on Instagram, again called Imami Art and KCC. Uh, right. We are there on Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, LinkedIn. For those listening in, all these links will be shared in the text that accompanies the podcast. Uh, Richard, I'd like to thank you very much for your time uh, and for you know sharing this part of your journey with our listeners. It's been wonderful having you. Thank you so much, Tarvin, for having us. Now, if there's anything that you wanted to know about Indian art, but have been too afraid to or haven't known whom to ask, look no further. We're right here at your beck and call. Send us an email on contact at arteryindia.com and we'll get our friendly elves to start working on a suitable response to your question right away. Till you hear from us next, here's wishing you all a very happy RT time. And as always, when you think art, think artery.